Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at patreon.com slash inspired disorder. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality. This is my top five Mission Impossible films, a franchise that I've enjoyed revisiting, uh, part of many franchises that I've been revisiting recently, uh, which I enjoy just wa- binging a full series of films that are in a c- category one after the other. It really helps mentally kind of keep track of all the storylines and all the characters as they go through the different iterations of the films. Uh, this one, obviously, Tom Cruise's uh, bright, shining star of action film uh, franchiseness. This is the, the pinnacle for him. Uh, he is the Jackie Chan in some ways, the, the, uh, the successor of Jackie Chan-ness, doing a lot of his own stunts. Uh, but yeah, it's been a real fun, uh, real treat to go back and rewatch all the Mission Impossible films. Uh, some amazing directors that have, have uh, graced, has, have uh, produced some of these films. Brian De Palma, John Woo, Brad Bird, uh, Christopher McQuarrie. Some directors, I think, nailed it more than others. Uh, but we're going to get into it with uh, my top five. It's only six films are out currently, so one of those films will not make my list. Uh, I would imagine most of you can assume. Maybe you're correct, maybe you're not. I, I really deliberated. There was my number five slot. It went back and forth between a couple movies. Uh, so you may, maybe you'll be wrong guessing which, which movie did not make the cut. Uh, and of course, in 2022 and in 2023, there will be a uh, Mission Impossible 7 and a Mission Impossible 8 film coming out, which I'm definitely excited for. Uh, and maybe I'll do, uh, you know, in a couple years, revisit the franchise and see, see if, any, if any of the new movies make the list, which I would imagine they will. It seems like overall the franchise is, is kind of getting better. Kind of. I, not necessarily that's going to be the order of my picks, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, I think, f- found its footing a bit. Uh, but I'll get more into that as I discuss my picks. So let's get it started with my number five pick of Mission Impossible films. This is Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation. This is the first film Christopher McQuarrie uh, directed. This is coming off of the Brad Bird Mission Impossible film. Uh, the the Rogue Nation is um, where am I at here with my notes? Uh, Rogue Nation, you know, it's it's not that great. It's not that great. Uh, this was one I I had gone back and forth with another movie. Uh, in the franchise that is regarded as not being a good one. Uh, and I almost had it. I had it at number five for a while. Uh, but I decided to put, uh, you know, Rogue Nation right here. Um, I mean, it's got some great stuff to it. It's got some great stuff to it. But what I don't like about Mission Impossible 5 is that it turns the franchise from more of a spy movie franchise into an action movie franchise. It's, it's kind of that turn that, uh, that's similar to Fast and the Furious, where they, you know, Fast and the Furious cranked it up, and it, it became more of like 
these people almost being superheroes more than they are, you know, car enthusiasts. Cars became more of a uh, just a a minor aspect of the movies. Uh, I mean, they still have cool vehicles, but it's it's really not as much as as previous films in that franchise. But so this one, I didn't like it as much. It felt more actiony. I didn't like uh, what happened to the uh, what's his name? Um, God, what's that character's name? Uh, the computer guy. That's uh, this is horrible that I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, God, what's his name? God, what's his name? Why is this so stupid right now? Simon Pegg, Benji. He made Benji stupid. I mean, Benji's always like kind of, I don't know, the balance of comedy and action in five, I don't think was handled as well as some of the other uh, entries in the franchise. It became more of an action movie. It, it, tonally, it, it feels similar, like there's big stunts similar to uh, Ghost Protocol, the number four, uh, the movie that came out before it, uh, bit, you know, different locations. I just don't, I just didn't, it, coming off of number four, I didn't like it as much. Uh, so that's why Rogue Nation is my number five. Just not as good. Not, it's more action than Spy. So it's at my number five. Uh, so moving on to my number four. My number four pick in my top Mission Impossible films is Mission Impossible 3 by J.J. Abrams. Uh, just part of this movie is epic. Philip Seymour Hoffman as the bad guy is amazing. You're getting amazing kind of performances. It's got a fun... Is this the one where he's... he's uh, He's, uh, um, let's see, no, it's, this is, that was two, the, the climbing scene. Uh, but yeah, J.J. Abrams, not a fan. I think he's overrated. I think he's a cross between Steven Spielberg and Michael Bay, uh, more so on the Michael Bay front. I think he's, he's like Michael Bay who tries to do a Steven Spielberg impersonation with his films. Um, you know, just he's got this this storyline with Ethan Hunt and his wife. He's like all of a sudden wifed up, you know, after in, in the second one, it's he's got this love interest in Tandy Newton. Uh, in the first one is there's no real love interest at all. So it's like, I don't know. It's just as far as Ethan Hunt, it's, it's hard to tell. Like throughout the entire series, they throw like love interests at him. Uh, but this one with his wife, it, it has a lot of cheesiness in it, like just cheesy, bad writing in this. But then it goes to these amazing scenes with Philip Seymour Hoffman, which are great. Uh, which it's, it's crazy how, like, how good parts of this movie are, but then how absolutely stupid they are. And this is also the movie where they, they, they tell you what IMF, the organiz organization that that Hunt, Ethan Hunt works for is, is the real name is called Impossible Mission Force, IMF. It's like, 
it's like an organization that was named by a, a former president that we had that wasn't very mentally aware of of things at all. Uh, it feels like it was named by somebody like that. Um, so yeah, it's a movie that I I was surprised. Like it, it was almost number one when I saw it. I watched these all in order, obviously, but uh, I mean, nah, it wasn't. I mean, by the time I got to this one. Um, the first two, like, it was definitely the third. It just was so uneven. These comedic moments. But, you know, it's coming off of number two, which was not well received. You know, using John Woo, which, I mean, number two still might make the list. You don't know. Uh, but I think the having John Woo make it, his stylized take on action just really didn't fit well with, like, this American property. It just felt so mismatched. Um, despite it having that being a really fun movie. So, I mean, J.J. kind of in a lot of ways saved the franchise. But I just don't, he's just, uh, he's overrated as far as a, a director's concerned. So it, it's better, I thought, than Rogue Nation. I mean, the Philip Seymour Hoffman bits are just so amazing. Uh, just as a, as a villain, Philip Seymour Hoffman's great in anything and everything. Uh, but him as the villain is really great. And there's some really tense moments but you also get the J.J. Abrams look of it where it's like he's always shooting through something. Like the, the, the visually, the scene is always seems to be obstructed by uh, something. Like he's looking through a, a, a bunch of cables or it's like, I don't know. It, it's just like over stylized stuff, super fast cuts. It's, it's fun. It's a fun Mission Impossible movie but only as good as, as number four slot. I, I mean, I liked it better than Rogue Nation, which is the movie that came out two movies after it, which is by McCrory, who is the guy who's making all of the Mission Impossible movies now. So, you know, I, I have a love-hate with Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, but, you know, J.J., not a fan, uh, but still made number four. So moving on to my number three favorite Mission Impossible movie, and that is the OG, the original Mission Impossible, the Brian De Palma film. So good. I mean, this is not an action movie. This is a spy movie that ramps up to a big action set piece at the end. You know, I mean, you want to talk about uh, Tom Cruise hanging off the side of vehicles, uh, the first Mission Impossible. You get so much classic moments of of Mission Impossible in the first one. You're getting the him being suspended, Tom Cruise's character, Ethan Hunt, being suspended, going into that, that vault where that computer is, just like them doing this crazy, like all these crazy things have to happen, and then he drops down on the wire, and it's him. It's the classic scene that, that's been replicated in, in like all the other Mission Impossible films. They, they always refer to and, and have homages to the previous films but that's the him catching the water droplet uh but the end scene with the the helicopter you know he's he's chasing the the their handler who's the bad guy and he's on the train and you have tom cruise holding onto the side of the train where it's like you know when every other movie they have actors outside whether it's in a car or you know on a train you'll see like a slight fluttering of their hair to like show that wind is passing by them. 
But this one, it's like realistic. They're on like a bullet train and Tom Cruise's hair is just smashed to his head because they're going so fast. You have a helicopter chasing this train through a tunnel. It is a crazy action set piece that, that this movie ends on. Whereas most of the film is mostly spy shit, which I love the spy shit. It's a spy movie. That's what, I mean, it's become more of just an action movie, kind of like Ethan Hunt's a superhero in some, uh, some aspects, not as much of spyness. They've changed things that I'm not a big fan of, but, it, you know, it's, it's, it's become more of an action movie. Uh, but it's, it's Roots uh, with the Brian De Palma. I mean, the, the scene with the, the gum, the red light, green light, sticking it on the, the fish tank and having it, it explode. Great. So good. So good. Uh, so that's why the first Mission Impossible is here at my number three pick. Moving on to my number two favorite Mission Impossible film. Uh, this is there's, uh, my number one slot. There was a fight. I was, I was going back and forth on what's going to be number two, what's going to be number one, and I had to go with my heart. Despite the fact that this movie is probably the best like cinematically the best film of the series it's not my favorite i mean it's the best but it's not my favorite i would say uh and that movie is coming in at number two is mission impossible six fallout which is the newest installment as i record this mission impossible seven and eight have not come out yet but mission impossible six came out a few years ago uh you got uh the future superman is in that one, uh, you know, which is hor horrible films. He's way better in this one. Um, the thing I don't like about Fallout, the reason why it's my number two pick and not my number one pick, is it, it, it removed a lot of the spy stuff. It removed the fun that comes along with a spy movie. The gadgets, the kind of the fun like disguises and interplay not that there's not disguises not that there's like there's a lot of it just it became more of thumb drives and politics like i don't know it just there wasn't any inventive like spy stuff to it it was more of like political spy stuff like oh double crossing and we're after terrorists and bombs and whatever but it's beautiful it's almost like it it, it really feels like how dark knight uh, elevated Batman to like, like a legitimate film instead of just a comic book movie. Like, in a lot of ways, Fallout, it, which is a Christopher McQuarrie, despite that being him, him making my number five, one of one of my least favorite Mission Impossible films. He also made Fallout, which I think is a way bigger improvement. Um, still a little bit too overcomplicated. There are some amazing fight scenes. The bathroom fight scene is amazing. I mean, there's just a lot more hand-to-hand -hand combat now. Uh, the, the woman who, who has a special move of, like, doing a flying triangle is kind of annoying. Like, it's, like, I understand if she, okay, she, she got one person by, like, jumping on top of their neck and then, like, wrapping her legs around their, their head and arm and doing a triangle choke with your legs, which is a, a move, a flying triangle. Generally, those moves take the person down to the ground, and the choke ends on the ground. It's not like somebody perched, sitting on somebody else's shoulders, uh, putting a choke in. So the movie, the way it handles that is kind of 
annoying. And the fact that that's her move every time, it's like, oh, you see her jump on somebody's shoulders. Oh, she's going to throw a choke in. Versus, like, if she was a character who understood Brazilian jiu-jitsu, then she would be doing other submission moves than just trying to do this, this flying triangle choke thing. It just it seemed lazy. If you're going to add a bunch of hand-to-hand -hand fighting combat, maybe get somebody who understands jiu-jitsu to be like, hey, maybe you want to utilize some other moves that, that people use in jiu-jitsu other than this, this super unreliable, high, flashy move that she's not even doing correctly. Uh, but other than that, amazing fight scenes. I mean, this has got the helicopter uh, chase and, and scene, that, that whole scene is crazy. Um, so much of this movie is so good. Uh, but it's not my favorite. It is not my favorite. Because I don't like, they made Benji stupid. They make Benji bad at his job. Where Benji was good at his job. He was a good tech guy. But in, in these movies, like he doesn't know how to hold a tablet right. Like He's doing really stupid things that a, a tech nerd would not be doing. He would be good. He would be bad at the gunplay stuff, which he's fine at in this movie, but he's bad at the tech stuff. It's just like, it really feels like when Christopher McQuarrie took over this franchise, it, it became less about the team and more about Ethan Hunt adding like these unnecessarily romantic aspects to his character, like him kind of getting crushes on these different female characters that come in and out. Um, it's just like unnecessarily complicated versus like the, the heart of this is like the team. Ethan part of this team of people who are good at what they do. They're all so good at what they do that like aspects of the movie require them all to do everything perfectly at this one moment to succeed. So yeah, uh, Fallout is only number two. It almost got number one, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, even though it's like a better film, I would say. It's just, it, it doesn't have the heart and soul of what I loved most about Mission Impossible, which you will find in spades in my number one pick, my favorite Mission Impossible movie out of the franchise that's ever been made, it was directed by none other, Brad Bird, and that is Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol. The best Mission Impossible movie, hands down. This is a movie where every single member of the team at the very end has to succeed for them to accomplish the mission. It also has the cheesy line, Mission Accomplished, which I thoroughly enjoyed because it was at the end of Ethan Hunt literally giving everything he had, which I would say similarly, Fallout does similar things. Like Fallout, they have to disarm these two bombs, which is kind of boring. Like, they're doing the same thing. It's not, they, they don't really have to be great at what they do. Just, it's, six, Fallout is, is similar, but not as good. It's, it's like doing an impersonation of, of Ghost Protocol without doing Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol, amazing. Everybody, Benji in Ghost Protocol has to be amazing at his job 
in order for them, they have to turn, one guy has to turn the power on. Benji has to rewire these servers. He's like bleeding from his fingertips as he's trying to re, which not easy. I don't know if anybody has ever dealt with technology before, but dealing with troubleshooting and fixing technology with pressure, tough. It's pretty tough. So he has to do that in time. Freaking Jeremy Renner's got to get, they've got this great story. Jer Jeremy Renner has this great, these great moments where he's talking about how uh, he was put on this mission to protect this guy. It was like an easy babysitting job. He's just got to protect this guy and his wife. And uh, he failed. He failed in his job. The guy went out for a run. So he went to tag, the, tag along with the guy. Uh, meanwhile, the two people that were made to watch the wife didn't do their job, and she ended up dying. Uh, and then he, you know, he never knew the guy or saw the guy again until he was introduced to Ethan Hunt at the beginning of this movie. And uh, so it sets up that Jeremy Renner's character was once in charge of following and protecting Ethan Hunt and his wife, his wife that was from the J.J. Abrams movie. Uh, and she was very little, she was, you know, just mentioned at, in, the, in 4, Ghost Protocol. Um, she kind of gets redemption in Fallout. Uh, definitely gets redemption in Fallout. Like, they explain it even more. Uh, which, that's great. What they've done with that, that character and kind of fleshed out her story is great. Uh, but yeah, for so you get this Jeremy Renner. It's really got you emotionally invested way more than anything in the J.J. Abrams. Like, J.J. Abrams added this, this, uh, this reason for people to be emotionally invested in what's happening just by making, giving Ethan Hunt a wife. It's just like this shortcut. It's like killing a kid in a movie to get, you know, so, so to instantly have the audience have, want the main character to get revenge for what happened. It's like, it's just like a shortcut to getting emotion in a film is what J.J. did. Whereas this one, I think it really fleshed it out. You're also getting in this one um, epic action moments. It's the scene where uh, Ethan Hunt's climbing up the giant uh, tower in Dubai. Uh, you're getting exotic locations there where this team is flying everywhere. But it's like a team that has to come together and work together in order to win, in order to succeed. And that's what this movie does better than all of them. Fallout got the closest to it, but this one, it's like every single person of that team had to do their job perfectly at the perfect moment for, the, for them to succeed in the mission, which makes it impossible. Because everything had to happen at once. You have this awesome scene in this, this like car garage where Ethan's trying to get the suitcase, right? Because he's got to get the suitcase and hit the, the cancel button because there's a bomb coming, you know? Which in this, I mean, even in this one, the terrorist, like, to, in, in order to get away from Ethan, decides to jump to his death in this car park in order to get away from Ethan, in order for this, his terrorist attack to be successful. I mean, it, it, it's really well done. The action, the devices, the gadgets in, in uh, Ghost Protocol, the hallway scene with the, you know, the tablet, and it's like, it's just like, it, it's, it had fun gadgets. 
which is completely missing from the McCrory. Like, they threw away trying to make the spy aspect. They threw away adding gadgets. And they're like, oh, we're just going to do big action set pieces. I feel it, lose, it loses some of its... its, its it's, it's like Fast and the Furious getting rid of cars. It's like, okay, you can do big action set pieces, but still have some fun gadgets, man. That's like the most fun part about these spy movies is having these fun gadgets. And they had fun gadgets in Ghost Protocol. Uh, so anyway, Mission Impossible 4, easily my number one, even though I did go back and forth with Fallout, almost became my number one multiple times. But uh, it just... It just, even though it's a better movie and has some epic scenes in it, it doesn't have the teamwork. It also, number four, had the best balance of comedy and action, I think, out of all of them. Uh, I just, from top to bottom, Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol, it's, it's got everything, best, best like balance of everything, fun gadgets, real teamwork. It's not just about Ethan Hunt and his, like, pseudo relationship that means nothing loved it uh so let me go over my top five mission impossible movies one more time coming in at number five is mission impossible five rogue nation number four is mission impossible three number three is mission impossible number two is mission impossible six fallout and number one is mission Imp number one is mission impossible four ghost protocol uh, I really loved Mission Impossible 2 as a shout-out. It is a movie that is not good, but has some really fun moments to it. I mean, it, the, the, the feel and the, the work of, of John Woo just really doesn't fit with the Mission Impossible franchiseness of it. Uh, it, it has uh, a great casting with, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Hopkins as the handler. I think I would have loved to see Anthony Hopkins in some of these other Mission Impossible films, but it's got some good stuff. It, you know, the unnecessarily love interest with Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton's character really doesn't get much to do in this movie, even though she's a spy herself. Uh, I had a huge crush on Tandy Newton around the time Mission Impossible 2 came out. Uh, I've watched Mission Impossible 2 a ton of times. The motorcycle fight is a lot of fun. There's some really fun moments in Mission Impossible 2. And it almost made my list at number five. It just, it almost knocked off Rogue Nation. Just Rogue Nation was just such, just like, it's just like good, but nothing really stood out as being special. Where I think Mission Impossible 2, there's some fun, there's some fun moments. Uh, but anyway, that's my, my top five list for Mission Impossible movies. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, let me know what your top five Mission Impossible movies are in the comments. Uh, hit me up on social media, at Ray Taylor. Let me know where I was wrong, what my opinions are of being uh, intelligent or unintelligent. Let me know. I don't care. Uh, but I hope everybody's having a good day. Get yourself $25 in new credit when you sign up for your great new cell phone service over at Ting. Go through my link, inspireddisorder.com slash Ting. Sign up now. 
with that link, and you get yourself $25 to put towards a new device, put towards your service. But it's a great quality service that you do not pay an arm and a leg for. I love it. I've been using it for years and pay so very little. I could almost pay two months of my cell phone bill with $25 credit that you get for free when you go through my link, inspireddisorder.com slash ting. That's T-I-N-G, inspireddisorder.com slash ting. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on IGTV, YouTube, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad free over at patreon.com slash inspireddisorder. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com and follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out!